You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. March is here, and that means conference tournaments are ready to take center stage. The Summer League Basketball Championships begin Saturday, March the 5th, with UND Hockey's run in the NCHC tournament starting on Friday, March 11th. You can catch all the action live on Midco Sports, your tournament headquarters. This is how we do sports. This is the Built Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shapes Podcast. We are taping this on the first day of March, a beautiful March morning. Alex Heinert, Build Shaves. Uh, you couldn't ask, first of all, for a better start to a new month after things have been so cold lately. It's nice to turn the calendar and have the sun shining here as spring is just around the corner, Bill. Yeah, when you see uh, the temperature gauge start at 22, right? That gives you a chance, just gives you a fighting <laughs> chance. Uh, in the last six weeks, Alex, I mean, who I could probably count on, you know, one hand how many times we were above 10. It's been rough. You know, it's it's not been a fun stretch, but hope springs eternal that things are moving forward and that this month will bring a little relief. Already I'm going to go into a B-side topic, but only for a second is hope springs eternal, maybe not for Major League Baseball though. Maybe not for, certainly not for spring training, unfortunately, and maybe not for the start of the regular season. I know that phrase has that association with the sport that we love. And yes, we might get into that a little later in the podcast today that things are not looking awesome for baseball fans out there. Things are looking great for UND fans. We're going to talk a lot about the successful indoor track and field championships, men's hockey, which is rolling, women's basketball that's going to start their summit league tournament runs soon. Tennis, which is starting Summit League play. There's a lot of great things to touch on. We're going to get to those things in just a second. We did want to start, though, with just a recognition that sports are important. This is what we do for a career, and we love working with coaches and players and administration, and that's a huge part. At the same time, there are things certainly more important than sport, and we've seen that over the last week or so, really, um, when we woke up last Wednesday, Thursday morning to just awful news coming out of Europe. And so we just wanted to... Put this in context. This is what this podcast is about, but we recognize that there are things that are more important than what we're going to talk about over the next hour or so. Yeah, the, obviously, we know there's a there's a bigger perspective, and uh, if there's and there's certainly uh, podcasts out there and or news organizations that you can get the latest uh, information of what's transpiring. But uh, you know, I, I think it was fair for us to at least acknowledge you know what's happening in the world right now, and uh, certainly. Uh, you know, our thoughts with, with, you know, everyone that's being impacted by, uh, by what's transpiring uh, across the globe. Yeah, definitely. Thoughts and prayers with, with people that are being displaced and are going through something that nobody should ever have to go through. So we, uh, we'll put that aside now and kind of go into the UND portion of this podcast, which is what you're here for. And there's a lot to talk about. As we mentioned, it's a busy time of year, crossover season to the max. Uh, we're going to start at the Fritz Pollard Center, where North Dakota hosted for the first time a big-time Summit League Championship event. The Indoor Track and Field Championships were this past weekend in Grand Forks. Before we get into who did what and how the teams finished, how was this? How did this go for the athletics department, putting this huge event on, Bill? Maybe maybe I'll start macro. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of perspective, I guess. If you're hosting your first uh, championship in a new league, obviously you're going to end up, you're always going to end up putting your best foot forward. I can guarantee you we did. And uh, I can guarantee you our staff did a tremendous job along with coach Varen camp and his staff. And uh, um, it was a, uh, you know, it was a heavy lift. I mean, for sure. When you're uh, when you're putting on a, a track meet um, where it seems like it's a, there's just a lot of things going on at, simultaneously. Uh, and I, I think a number of our staff members did a tremendous job. I won't call them all out. I, I mean, what, what I'll just say is just broadly, uh, there were a lot of folks that spent a lot of hours uh, to make it as good as it can be, to make that experience as good as it can be for our student athletes in our conference, that that might be their apex. And so they might not be going on. So we want to make sure that we did that. I, I will say this, the stream that we, uh, I thought, put together was was awesome. Um, had you know multiple cameras uh, that you could go to different events and just you know just a lot of pieces of the puzzle that I thought came together. Um, I think Coach Varenkamp, whenever you have a coaching change, especially when it comes to 
uh, a program such as track and field that's so diverse that it feels like it's sports within a sport. Um, you know, I'm sure he would have preferred to have it, uh, you know, not maybe in the rotation right in his first, you know, couple of months here. And, you know, we just had a lot of, uh, coaches for the first time. And you can go back into our pods and, and, and listen to when our entire coaching staff departed for various reasons. And, in, in a lot of our student athletes at that point in time, because of the extra COVID year and a few other things, departed, had graduated, um, and then moved on. And so I, a lot of times you want to be at your full strength when you're hosting a, 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 a meet like this. And I just feel like, you know, unfortunately, that just wasn't in the cards this time around. Um, you know, but I think at least Jim saw it and knows knows what's out there and what where we need to go that that's what i'll say yeah what an introduction for him and the staff you know your first as you said couple of months on the job and you're hosting the indoor championships for your league it was a competitive weekend great friday by the way for especially for the women elise ulseth erica benson one two in the pentathlon natalie mooring in the weight throw and then austin wolf on saturday in the high jump those four all earn all conference honors. The women finish fifth, the men finish seventh. Again, the team finish is not where you'd want it to be necessarily, but given all the things going on, really, and this is a tough league for track and field. There are a lot of good programs that have had a history of success when you think about how many championships, North Dakota State, South Dakota, South Dakota State, those schools, and Oral Roberts, by the way, too, those schools put a lot into their track and field programs. It's going to be one of those things that this will take some time to build this back up to get to that level. Yeah, you know, this we could spend an entire pod on track and field as far as how you want to approach it. We would bring in Kyle Dubrowski for that pod. By the way. We certainly could, <laughs> and we 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 could dig deep into how do you want to approach it to some degree. I think the idea for Jim is is holistically to be as good as you can be as a track and field, I'll call it program, and maybe not specializing per se. Um, but certainly there's decisions you need to make with limited resources and what directions you end up going. And maybe I'm, it feels like I'm talking in code. I don't mean to talk in code. I, I'm just when you put resources into certain uh, individuals, you hope that you're, they're going to score for you too. I mean, obviously, I mean, track and field, pretty measurable, pretty, about as measurable of a sport as there there is. And you're either scoring for your team or you're not scoring for your team. And so, you know, there's a lot of conversations that, you know, we're going to, you know, have moving forward to try to, uh, uh, you know, put ourselves in the best position possible uh, as, as uh, Jim's years uh, um, kind of evolve here at UND. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that philosophy because under Christine Engel, you could see they were really pushing the distance side of things. They did a great job recruiting distance runners. Not that you neglect the other areas, but you only have so many eggs to sort of go around. And you've seen that with other schools. So go ahead. Yeah, I will say that, you know, I still think there's a thought process on the distance piece um, because obviously you're talking about cross country in the fall and then those same distance runners can be in the winter and in the spring. So, so you have to make decisions on, again, limited resources on how you want to put eggs in a basket, if you will. And so I'm not sure we'll, we'll, we're going to say shy away from that thought process or philosophy, but I do think there's a holistic approach that um, we want to be as good as we can be pro- programmatically. Yeah. And that, that, by the way, was not, I didn't say that to say that Jim is going to neglect those kids who have done a great job in recent seasons. There is, though, that sense of, do you want to specialize in one particular thing? Like, we are the best at this. Like South Dakota with pole vault, for example. They've kind of put their flag down. We are the best at this. We produce Olympians at this particular event. Or do you approach it from, we're going to be good at everything. And it's neat to hear that that's sort of where the focus is going towards. So good good news for Tracksters moving forward. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, on the men's side, so it, I, I was having flashbacks. So... Um, Back when I was at Northern Colorado, hosted the Division II wrestling championships, and the last, the the absolute last match of the tournament was also whoever won it won the national championship and 
won the team championship. And that was kind of like South Dakota and South Dakota State at the end, right? In the four by four, the, the team that actually wins that is, is, is maybe going to be on the medal stand. Maybe not. Don't know. But I just know I need to run faster than those guys and we win the, uh, the championship. Yeah, that's what makes, I think, these track and field meets so much fun because it often does come down to, all right, last race of the day, you know you need to place X many spots ahead of this team that is in front of you to win a team championship or you just have to beat them or whatever. You can't finish so many places behind. It's so much fun to see that strategy play out over the course of this, in the case of a 4 by 4 this three and a half minute you know, melodrama as these kids are given everything in this very difficult race that is a sprint at this level. As we look ahead, Traxers, season's not quite over yet. Elise has a chance to qualify for the indoor championships coming up on the 11th and 12th in Birmingham, Alabama. Top 16 in the country qualify. She's 15th right now. So fingers crossed that she'll get a chance to move on and keep her season going. She, by the way, one of those kids that came with the Varen Camps from Queens, a young yeah. lady from Norway that has made a big impact, obviously winning. Oh, she just won a you know championship in her first season with the program. But uh, still fun to watch, and we'll see. We'll know in the next couple days. When the rest of the conference is, is finish up their championships, who will make it to indoor nationals? That's right. That's right. And, and you know, want to thank all the fans that came out too. And uh, it was great, great environment. You know, um, you know the uh, uh, just just amazing to watch. Uh, you know, everyone you know put their heart and soul into it, and then it kind of comes down to that particular meet, and you got to be on right then. Yeah, special stuff. So you and you won't host again for a little while, but again, for everything I heard, being around the Ralph on the weekends. People were just buzzing about everything that was going on at the Pollard Center. And you could hear it on Friday night, like, oh, you got to get over there tomorrow morning to watch this. And then the same thing on Saturday evening. Everybody was exhausted. A lot of people that I talked to were with the athletic department. And they had been at it, obviously, for the whole duration since, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday of getting things put together. But uh, you could tell they were really proud of the product they put on. So well done uh, to you and the staff for making it happen this past weekend. Yeah, no worries. And like I said, I, our, our staff did an awesome job. The uh, and, and again, kudos to the Summit League staff too and, and their guidance and leadership as well. So that that was fantastic. And, and Alex, it was great to have you at the Ralph. It was great to be back. It was really fun to be, to be back at home for the first time in a while. Our um, students enjoyed that you were back at the Ralph. It was, uh, yes, that was, that was, that was really cool. That was a really cool moment on Saturday night. Um, yeah, this is my, I joked with, uh, somebody up there, like, I haven't been gone that long, have I? But this, with this CBS opportunity, most Friday nights in, in January, February, I've been off in Colorado or in Ohio or in Duluth or someplace. And the way that the schedule had worked out those three home weekends that we had, you know, I was too far away to make it back. If I was in St. Cloud or in Duluth or someplace relatively close, that was the original plan that I'd be back in time to do the game on Saturday for North Dakota. But uh, it didn't work out when the schedule got shifted around a little bit. So it'd been a while since I'd been back. And uh, I got a really nice reception um, from the crowd when I did my midco minute midway through the third period. And it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, the, it, well, it well-deserved. Uh, correct. The schedule just didn't work at this point. That's it in a nutshell. So, uh, but we, we, we are excited, uh, for your career and that, uh, you know, that could work out as well. And, you know, really, really selfish here. Uh, you know, we, we want you to be a part of, uh, of the UND team as well. And so uh, I'm glad both kind of work out, which is awesome. <laughs> and I felt so much support. I think that's been the big thing that I could say, like from a Midco side of things that they've allowed me to pursue this while still doing normal Midco type stuff during the week. And, not cutting my salary or <laughs> ostracizing me from the rest of the group, which has been very nice. Uh, and then from a UND side too, again, the support, especially from people like, from down the list, I mean, from coaches like Brad and Mallory and Paul and just the people that have reached out and congratulated me on this opportunity uh, to the guys and, and the women on these teams. It's been really special as well as the fans. Like I just couldn't tell you walking around Friday night and around the concourse and just getting pats on the back and job well done and great to have you back and things like that. Like i I felt you feel pretty good about yourself after after a weekend like that. People people treated you very well. You know, and it's awesome that you're getting to do it uh, on a national stage and uh, and being able to, uh, you know, show the NCHC to 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 really uh, you know this brand of hockey to 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 folks around the country. So it's it's neat. Yeah, that's the beauty of this is that this is a league that you know. I believe in, and, and it's not hyperbole when you say this is the best conference in the country. Here's let's tell you why. And so it has been really fun to get to do that in all the various venues of this conference. And I'm extremely excited 
to do so for the quarterfinals for North Dakota's matchup against either Miami or Colorado College. However, things shake out this weekend, which we're going to get to in a second. And then on to the frozen faceoff. Uh, that's that's the best. You want to see your team or your league through to finale. And I get to do that this year with CBS Sports Network. So pretty cool. Yeah, really, really, really cool. But that 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 worked out great. And it was actually uh, what a what a uh, performance on the ice, huh? An incredible performance by this North Dakota team, who, again, just keep losing people. They they were without their top two scorers, their top defensive pair, a senior leader, and they still go out and sweep the number six team in the country. You just you kind of run out of um, Jake Brandt on Saturday Night and I were like running out of things like running out of the words to say because you can't describe what it's been like for this group to just continue to hemorrhage great players and have other guys step up and they don't skip a beat. It's been incredible. Yeah, I, you know, I said this to uh, Tim Hennessy uh, after the game. Uh, we were down in the runway and, uh, and and we were just chatting after the game, post game. I think he was waiting for Coach Barry. But I, I, I'd say like three things just jump out to me. Um, if you have a locker in that locker room, you're pretty good. So, so that's one. Two, um, Zach's been great in goal. I mean, when, when your goalie is on a little bit of a tear like this, the, the confidence of, of a team, I, I have to believe, is just at an all-time high. And then I'd say the line of uh, Albrecht, Ness, and Ports has been a stabilizer. It, it, whether, you know, wherever they are uh, on the line charts, uh, what that has allowed is Coach Barry to roll four every game. And so the depth that has been created is incredible, really. And then, you know, you're talking about, you're right, Jake and, uh, and Ethan out on, uh, on Saturday, but the ability now for others to step in and get quality minutes where, again, they are playing in every sort of situation can only bode well for you as you're moving forward for the rest of this year and beyond. Yeah, they have built up a tremendous amount of depth, both in the forward group and in defense, and honestly, too, in goal this season with Jacob Helston getting a run there at the start of the second half. As you said, they're going to lose some guys, both to graduation, to NHL deals, and they're going to have a lot of people who are going to be able to step in, experienced, confident players into next season. Six wins in a row now. They're up to number four after the 2-1 win on Friday, the 5-2 win on Saturday. Two points away from the Penrose Cup. I thought it was awesome, by the way, that the Ralph, first of all, incredible senior night, like always. That is just as special as special can get. 12,000 people in the house, over 12,000. It was over a sellout. And to see them celebrate the team and the four seniors the way they do, like it's just, it doesn't get much better than that in college sports. I, I just get moved every time that happens. So to have that, and then to let everybody stay as the Ralph puts the Omaha-Denver game up on the big screen. Because again, there was a chance they could have clinched that night if they got a little... If Omaha doesn't take that five-minute major, there is a chance that you have a Penrose Cup ceremony about an hour after the North Dakota game ends. It wasn't meant to be in the end, but I thought that was just so cool to be able to sit, watch the game with the fans, with the guys on the team on the bench as they awaited, are we going to get to lift this thing tonight? Or do we have to go and win one more game in Omaha next week? It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And I've got nothing to add other than uh, just to kind of underscore our guys at the bench watching like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, just it just it, they, they might as well just had popcorn there, right? Popcorn in a, in a bottle of water. I mean, it was it was kind of cool. And yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's such a tough league that, you know, um, you know, you knew Denver. They've had such a fantastic season this year that, uh, you know, they fought back in that third period. And uh, yeah, now it's still obviously right in our grasp. So, you know, we got to go to a really difficult place to play. We know, um, we know Baxter arena well, so, uh, we'll, we'll be down there and you know what, we just got to take care of our business. I think I looked North Dakota will have played there 15 times in the last 14 months after this weekend's. But the crazy thing is half of this team has never played there. So it's sort of that balance of the guys that were with the program last year, saw that place a ton, obviously 10 games in the pod, three times in the regular season. But there still is this whole other group that has no familiarity with this place. So it's an interesting juxtaposition when you turn over half the roster from one year to the next. But one win is all it's going to take. One win in regulation or in overtime, and that'll do it. Or if North Dakota gets some help from Colorado College, 
that will do it as well. So two points is all that's required to claim a third consecutive Penrose Cup and a fifth in the nine years of this conference. Really incredible stuff from this North Dakota program. Yeah, you know, um, but obviously, as we all know, um, you know, this this league is so tough that, uh, you know, it's about the next really well, truly, it's about the next 20 minutes, right, to get to the next 20 to, to get to 60. So, um, yeah, Omaha, uh, I, I mean, certainly they want to end it at, as well as they can the regular season. Um, they've had a good year and, uh, you know, they, they still have eyes on an NCAA, uh, you know, tournament berth at some point as well. So we're going to we're going to face a hungry team uh, down in uh, Omaha. It is interesting to see that no seed is set. I mean, there are two games left for all these teams in the regular season and really nothing. Again, three, a little bit's been decided, but everybody has something to play for. And it will be a lot of fun to watch this play out across the league this weekend, again, specifically at Baxter Arena, where we'll have our eyes on on Friday night to see if there's going to be a cup presentation or not. Yeah, go to the Ralph's uh, website, too, if you're interested in uh, quarterfinal tickets. Uh, the following week, we'll, uh, we'll start on a Friday night, follow it with a Saturday, and uh, if necessary, on Sunday. Yeah, you read my mind. I was going to say quarterfinals, Friday at 7, Saturday at 6, and then, yes, game three, if in case it goes there, also at 6 o'clock, I believe. So get on that last home weekend of the season for this North Dakota team that is, again, another another 21 season. Again, 23 of the last 26 years now they've hit that threshold. And they, this group, again, I can't say enough good things about. They have, you don't want to say overachieved, but based on the number of guys that they lost last year and the number of key players they have had to go without this year. I mean, they have. They have done unbelievable this season. And uh, you can't tip your head enough to Brad and the staff and this group of guys. The two sets of uh, players that have come in this year is the, the, the one set, we'll call them right rookies, first year freshmen, is trying to get the level of speed of the game along with, you know, figuring things out here on campus and classes and all that other stuff. But then you also have the transfers, which they're trying to get their feet on the ground here, having played college hockey and already almost having to probably relearn some things as far as and um, almost kind of reprogram themselves uh, as far as what they were doing for the last, say, four years or so. So it's a um, it's it's an it's a heck of an accomplishment. And probably here's my last comment. Uh, obviously, the the coaches. Uh, you know, it should take a bow, right? I mean, at the end of the day, Coach Barry and uh, Coach Jackson, Coach Gehring and all, I mean, they've done just a tremendous job. And, uh, um, you know, we had the journey of the year to some degree. And, you know, we reached, uh, you know, kind of a point in the season where we just didn't get some luck, I think, uh, in in scoring goals. But I think things kind of, in in some ways, were turning uh, in Kalamazoo. Uh, We played real, really, really uh, well. It just, uh, we didn't get the results. And then uh, from then, from then on, we've uh, we've kind of taken off. Yeah, it was neat to sort of see that stretch bookended because it started in Western at the end of January with those back-to-back losses where the team played well, as you said, and then they've just been on a tear since and to, to keep it going with a sweep of this team that had taken care of business against you earlier in the year. Pretty cool to see how far this team has come in the last month or so. Moving on, because we got hoops to talk about. There's a big Tournament, Bill, coming up this weekend uh, for Mal Bernhard and our women's basketball team. They are back in the tournament after missing last season. I know the year for for the women have not ended maybe the way they wanted to. They've dropped a couple of games in a row going into tournament play. But still, you're the number five seed. You're playing an Oral Roberts team that you split with during the regular season. Both games, by the way, so weird. North Dakota locked the Golden Eagles down defensively in Grand Forks in their first meeting and won by 20. The opposite happened down in Tulsa just two weeks ago, where, where, or you kind of scored at will and ended up being kind of a lopsided win on their part. So it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out Sunday at 1230 in the quarterfinals of the Summit League Basketball Championships in Sioux Falls. Yeah, I think we needed this week, Alex, to uh, to hit a re- a reset, a little bit of a regroup right now. Um, you know, the year, uh, the year I, I think... Um, we were getting to a, a place where I think uh, we just needed to get back to, to sort of what we were doing defensively. And I think Coach Bernhard would tell you that is that uh, we've, we've got to lock back in. And uh, I think this this week, you know, provides that opportunity to, to kind of figure out, you know, how did we how did we do what we were doing, you know, back, let's just say four weeks ago and uh, maybe almost like maybe looking at 
uh, you know, a batting stance or something where you're just wondering, you know, what's off or maybe a golf swing or something like that. You know, what's, what's happening from a lack of connectivity on the defensive side of the ball. And so uh, I think that's what this week's all about. And uh, we'll go down there and, uh, and, you know, 1230 on Sunday, Central Standard Time should be, should be great. And uh, it really is flip of the coin. You're right. T- tale of two games um, on each other's home court. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll finish it somewhere in the middle. Uh, in Sioux Falls. <laughs> we should expect a good game, I think. We've had one and the other, and this one should be tight. And obviously, North Dakota has not necessarily this group of players, but they've had success at this tournament. The women made the semifinals a couple of years ago. They're not too far removed from that. I mean, some of the older players, like Melissa Leet, for example, was a part of that team that was a six seed and knocked off the three seed. So even though they're the 5-4, it's basically just what jersey you're wearing. I mean, these two teams are basically dead even, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And if North Dakota can get back to the way they were playing when they won 9 of 11, had that long win streak in the middle of the season, they're going to be a tough out for, for Oral Roberts and for whoever they play, whether it's South Dakota State, whatever, in that next round, you just never know. In a tournament setting like this, this is a team that has a chance to do something. That's right. That's right. And uh, But like I said, we, we, um, we're we just going to have to figure out what, what's transpired here. And, uh, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, Mal and, and the team is up for the challenge. So we're, we're excited about Sunday. Be sure to check that out. If you can't make the trip down to Sioux Falls, all these games, quarterfinals and semis will be live on Midco Sports. So be sure to tune in again. As Bill said, Sunday, 1230, Oral Roberts, the 4-5. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Can I pump the Midco tires? Because, of course, they're a sponsor of the uh, of the Bill Chase podcast. But you all do just such a great job with the NSIC tournament and uh, and the Summit League tournament. And uh, uh, kudos, really. Uh, you guys do a great, great job. Yeah, thanks, Bill. It takes a village. And we had a huge undertaking to do 14 games at the Pentagon for NSIC and then turn right around and do 12 more at the Denny the following weekends. And our... Our staff works really, really hard and they build towards this and everybody gets involved from the sports side, but then also we grab marketing people are helping out. People from various parts of the Midco family jump on board and try and do the best we can because this is this is a huge event with all these teams from around the region and again, with which March Madness is right there. This is the gateway to that. We know how much this means to people. So I appreciate you saying that, that uh, we really do put a ton of care and effort into this. And I'm glad it shows. Yeah. You know, the, uh, and certainly the, the greater Sioux Falls area does a great job supporting uh, college basketball. And I think you're going to see that uh, over the weekend as well. And uh, you know what I'm excited about it because it's been, you know, a couple of years now since we've really had the tournament, you know, we got, we got the tournament in under the wire in 2020 and then, uh, I, I, you know, but now you got a new commissioner coming on board. Uh, you've got some ADs and presidents that have really never seen the tournament per se. And I think it will be exciting to uh, see this tournament. Um, you know, I guess you, you define us uh, as a mid-major, whatever, whatever you want to, want to call it. But it's as good a tournament as there is in the country. I would agree with that. Yeah, and that's from an from an atmosphere standpoint, from a level of basketball standpoint on both the men's and women's side, the way that teams have gone on from here to have success. You think about Oral Roberts last year for the men, what SDSU and USD have done on the women's side. It's special. It's really, really special. And so again, if you if you can, the weather's supposed to be good, I think, this weekend. Make the trip. Go check it out for yourself. Because like you said, last year it was at the Pentagon, no fans were allowed. Still great, but not nearly the same thing as it was the year before and the years previous. It's it's one of the best sporting events you're going to be able to see in this region. It's like what we talked about, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I, is it's, It was like the Olympics. You know, the Olympics were lo- that lost that fan flavor. And uh, that's what, you know, makes the environment for sure. And, uh, you know, hats off to, to everyone that has made that tournament go down there. And uh, it, it'll be another great uh, atmosphere, I, I guarantee you, throughout the tournament. Yeah, we can't wait. Again, the whole thing starts on Saturday. The top seeds play the seven and eight seeds. Then Sunday, you get the four, five, and the three, six. And semifinal Monday is always a ton of fun. And it all wraps up on Tuesday on ESPN for the championship games. Correct. So be sure to follow, follow this tournament. It's going to be really fun for both the men and for the women coming up. Flipping gears, a sport that is just getting started, softball. Uh, just got back from Hawaii. Had some success out there, two and three, out on the islands. 
Uh, they now get to stay in warmer climes, as you would expect, down in Arizona and California coming up. Summer League play, by the way, just around the corner. What have you heard from Jordan Stevens about how the Hawaii experience was? Yeah, I, I have not seen him or spoken to him at this point in time. I was following it just like you all were as well. And obviously, the times were a little bit later. And uh, But uh, yeah, no, good good. Um, split with uh, Abilene Christian, split with Montana, uh, lost to Hawaii, uh, and so uh, yeah, I you know um, I, it's always difficult to go you know indoors to outdoors and then you know back to indoors. Uh, but um, but you're right, we're on a uh, kind of now a um, you know uh, oh a schedule where you know we're going to be in uh, some some warmer climes and uh, get a lot of games in. And you're right, the the Summit League just literally around the corner. That that should be fun. End of March again. We're in March now, so essentially end of this month, conference play will begin down in Kansas City on the 26th. North Dakota won't be hosting anything anytime soon. We've Got to wait a little little bit longer uh, until things <laughs> things do thaw. But uh, it is crazy. But this this team is six and nine by the way right now, playing pretty well in all of these various tournaments around the country. And again, they'll have some big time competition this week at the Wildcat Invitational, where they'll play Arizona. Other schools of that ilk, and then in Riverside, California, coming up the following week for some more good competition. So best of luck to the ladies as they get to go, well, as we get to live vicariously through them as they go around the Sun Belt. That's right, as they get to uh, not have to wear a quarter zip. <laughs> the good life, as we like to call it. Uh, tennis also in action. Their conference play, by the way, starts this weekend. Men played o- Omaha on Sunday. Oh, they're already in. There you go. They were already in, and that was uh, that was a great match for us, uh, for sure. Um, and uh, great crowd at, at Choice, and uh, it was awesome uh, to see. And uh, and you know, I, I I say this with sort of a chuckle, but uh, but it is the truth. The all-important doubles point, you know, whomever came up with that, I give a lot of credit to, you know, you've got the three doubles teams playing and, you know, obviously, well, not obviously for, for those of you that don't follow team tennis, two of your three doubles teams need to win to get a point. And then you've got six other matches happening. If you end up splitting them three, three, guess what? makes the difference, right? The all important doubles point. And so uh, we started with that and uh, really kind of, you know, did a nice job uh, of, of, of taking, taking advantage. Uh, you know, a lot of those courts were split sets at the end. Um, and probably once we clinched with that fourth point, probably gave a little bit of energy and maybe a little deflation to Omaha. Yeah, 6-1 was the final in that match over at Choice. That's a good way to start the conference season against an Omaha team that's usually pretty good. So Tulsa yep. beckons this week, and then there'll be some non-conference action for the men. And they'll, they'll, they'll dip in and out, but both the men and women playing good tennis right now as they move into conference season. Yeah, I, I like you said, I you know check FightingHawks.com. If you haven't been to Choice to a, a tennis match, I'll liken it to Davis cup that that's what it is. I mean, it, it, you can cheer, you can get, you know, the, the, um, our, our, our teams get fired up and, uh, it's fun to see that I think might just about do it from our look around UND. Final thing I'll say about UND around the horn is, is obviously not the season we were looking for in men's basketball by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, feel like I'm, I'm living a little deja vu from what transpired last year on the ladies side. And, uh, I know in talking with coach Sather, um, you know, about three Oh one, he was not that he wasn't doing this beforehand, but he was on to 22, 23 and really doing the things we need to do to, um, to, to, to get us back in the tournament at, at, at a place where we have a shot to, to make a run, no different than what he did his first year as, as coach here. And, uh, you know, somewhat like on the, uh, on the hockey side, we did get a lot of young players some experience and uh and in and quite frankly maybe more experience than we had expected during this process but uh but i know he's got a plan thoughts and uh we're excited about um you know some of the uh folks that will be uh joining our 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 team next year and then the the folks that'll be coming back a year older yeah that's just it yeah tough year for the men as they don't make the tournament but as you said Sometimes you have to go through some of those things, you know, and that can make your program stronger. And I think we all agree that Paul's a great coach and he's got a, a, a really strong staff of guys around him. And the, you can already see the recruiting class and some of the names that they've gotten to sign on board and some of the accolades these kids are going to bring to the table. People believe in what 
this program is about and they believe in Paul and his vision for this program. And I think it's, I think again, people who know, know this isn't going to take long to rebuild. Yeah. And you know, I, again, I think if he was on this, on this, uh, on this pod right now, I think he'd probably, you know, wonder, you know, sometimes why, why do you go through some things and uh, you know what? Sometimes it makes you a bit stronger. Maybe it makes you to, to reflect. And uh, that's that's what we're doing. And we're going to try to do all we can do to help him administratively and institutionally, a, a, along with all of our other programs that sometimes hit bumps in the road. And, uh, you know, it, it, it can happen. Uh, and, you know, and so that's not what we were looking for. But, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to try to buckle in and, and get after it so that we're where we need to be uh, as early as next year. Yeah, excellent. Uh, by the way, speaking of buckling in, I didn't put this on the rundown that we should mention. Spring football is going on right now over at the uh, Pollard Center. Took a little hiatus, kind of a weird week as they started last week and then had to stop for the indoor track and field championships. But it's neat to think the boys are back playing again and they're getting ready for a fall season. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Bubba's been pretty uh, um, vocal in the sense of, uh, you know, he, he really needs to do uh, in his, in, in our coaches, a good job of managing, uh, you know, the, this spring, uh, given, you know, what transpired in the calendar year of 21. And so we had a lot of uh, um, guys that, uh, you know, are, uh, are, had some surgeries. I mean, they had some things happen that, that, you know, they're rehabbing at this point in time and he's being really thoughtful about how to approach this spring and, uh, and good for him. He's such a thoughtful coach anyways. And so, uh, but excited, excited that we're, we're talking, you know, the words football. It's awesome. <laughs> I know just when you think like the Super Bowl ends, college ball's done, you know, there's a, that little moment of sadness and then like, Oh, Hey, well, you know, here's here's spring football here's the combine here's the nfl draft you don't there's not a drought for very long in that particular sport well i was at the i was at our um our booster luncheon on friday and uh and coach schweiger was kind of giving just a quick update on uh you know what's transpiring and i I thought thought he made a pretty good point and and you think about it um you know that the vernacular it used to be off season and he said there's really no off season it really becomes kind of your fall season, which is your, your playing, but then it goes right into your winter season, followed by your spring season, into your summer season, and then back into playing. And then it just keeps on looping. I mean, that's how it goes, right? At some point in time, maybe you put equipment away and did some things. Not so much anymore. I mean, that's not the way it goes. Yeah, it's a it's a twelve month sport just about at this point. And obviously, a lot of these sports are. There really aren't too many that sort of take a long time off. It's just, it's really impressive again what these young men and women who are going to school and and working on their degrees and their careers for the future while also pursuing these athletic endeavors and keeping their bodies in tip top shape and learning a system and also what our coaches do. You just can't say enough about the work that they do around the clock to try and put the best product on the field, on the ice, on the court, etc. It's it's when you really think about it, it's pretty awesome. Yep. Pretty impressive what they do. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I think, uh, you know, we're excited about this upcoming year for sure uh, on the fall. And I think, if, you know, check out the schedule. It's a, it'll be exciting again uh, coming, you know, coming uh, to the Alara Center and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of fun things going on. But opening up uh, in Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska should be uh, what us along with what about 90,000 of our uh, closest friends. <laughs> Just just 90,000 or so since they made a couple of renovations to that building. Yeah, September the 3rd against the Cornhuskers. What a way to start. That's that's going to be a lot of fun come the fall. We miss Trev Alberts. We got to go visit him. There you go. <laughs> Our good friend Trev making the switch from UNO back to his alma mater. Uh, football, by the way. I've been thinking about football a lot lately because last year at this time, football was going on. Like we had We had spring football the same weekend as the Summer League Tournament. And hockey was going on too. And like you sort of, I don't know if you do this or not, but I always think, oh, what was I doing last year around this time? And it was bonkers last year, what was happening around this time. This is a little better. (laughs) As fun as it was, I don't know if I'd want to do it again. Yeah, I was talking to some of our folks on staff and uh, boy, I'm not even sure what I was uh, talking about, but I can just recall us saying it felt like we just, it was that time frame where you built snowmans and you knocked them down. You built another snowman, knocked it down because you thought you were doing certain things. And then all of a sudden, nope, 
you're not doing that anymore. And so it just, um, boy, it, it provided you opportunity to be open, to pivot, to understand that what you think is happening, let's just say this morning, may not be the deal this afternoon. We said the phrase, the great ones adjust, I don't know, I mean, multiple times a podcast last, well, honestly, for the last long time, but certainly last spring, there was a lot of that going on around athletics. The great ones adjust, and I got used to saying the word today, <laughs> comma, at this yes. moment. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is where a we're of, at. A lot of clarifiers in the conversation. Yep. This yes. is what this is what I know at this point, and then uh, you just go from there. But yeah, it feels like uh, it feels as if there's a normality to some level happening here. Um, but you know, I think we just have to uh, eyes wide open. Appreciate this weekend. Appreciate the opportunities with with hockey moving forward and, and the spring sports beginning and how it will hopefully feel normal as we move forward. I hope everybody does take a moment to think about. What, how last year and the year before was and how great it is that you can do and take these things in in a safe way. Yeah. I mean, and again, if we're going to end macro and again, how we started, you know, thinking about others that are being impacted tremendously around the globe. I mean, uh, before we get a little silly on the B side, we should be a little bit serious on the, on on the A side. And so uh, very, very um, concerning developments for sure in the world and uh, something that we're keeping our eye on. Yeah. Peace is a fragile thing. You know, that's something you have to work toward every day. And when you don't have it, and like I said, we've not experienced what it's like to be in war or to not have the safety and security of of a house or a roof over your head or knowing when your next meal is going to come from and those things. And you you certainly feel for the people who are going through that, you know, as, as half a million people are displaced from their homes as of now, and this has only been going on for a week. And you just pray for people and pray for cooler heads to prevail and for peace to occur again, somehow, some resolution that can be found uh, to get things back to the where they were. No doubt. And the intersection with sport is interesting. And uh, I think, it you know, been. we, and we've been seeing that and you know what, I think we'll continue to see it. Yeah. The big ones involve soccer and hockey, which are the two biggest sports in Russia, where you see the KHL teams that aren't Russian based teams that are in Finland and other countries that play in that league have essentially said, we're, we're good. We're not going to play the rest of the way. And we've seen that in soccer where, UEFA, the governing body of European soccer, have removed the Champions League final from St. Petersburg. It's not going to be played in Paris. And then the next day, they took every Russian or Belarusian team that was still playing in European competition out. So there were a handful of teams that didn't maybe have a shot to win those competitions, but now they are no longer invited, essentially. And there has been a lot of domino effects on that. And you saw, by the way, too, on a positive note, just the incredible outpouring for people in Ukraine and athletes who are Ukrainian playing in England or Spain or Germany or wherever. And even in places that had nobody from necessarily that country, you saw, like at the Carabao Cup, which we're going to talk about in a second, the incredible displays of, of people walking hand in hand with blue and yellow wreaths and the amount of support and love and prayer sent to that place and the people and what they're going through. That's what makes, that's what gives you hope about humanity and our planet that you can come together and send forth a message of love like that. It was pretty special to see some of those things. No doubt. I mean, and, and obviously still the intersection with the Klitschko's, right? I mean, uh, yeah. it, you know, and so yes. th- there's a, there's that piece of the puzzle, but some of the images that just uh, are stark, I mean, as far as, you know, you know, um, children and, uh, you know, leaving the country and it just, it's, 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 it's sad, um, and and hopefully the the conflict can uh, can can cease soon. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it just it just breaks your heart to see families have to go through that. And I don't know. We're both we're both fathers, and I'm going to get emotional talking about. It. I mean, you just you don't want those things to ever have to happen, especially to children like that. And it's it's it feels very pointless. Like why, why this person thought this is what they needed to do. It yep. doesn't make sense. And that's, yep. but again, we could, we could go down that path. I, I've been to Ukraine and spent some time there around Kiev and it's a, it's a beautiful country and the people there are special and warm and they don't deserve this. And uh, yeah, my heart breaks for what's going on. So I think we flipped already. So we might as well keep on flipping. Yeah. <laughs> we might as well keep going. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned, um, and now we get to just back to, back to some levity. Um, there were a couple fun things going on in our sports worlds outside of UND and outside of the NCAA. Spurs, Bill, did, did Liverpool a solid this last week in the English Premier League. Big win over Manchester City. You followed it up with 
<laughs> kind of in a typical Spurs fashion, a loss to the worst team in the league. But, you know, it just goes to show the spectrum. You can beat the best. You can lose to the worst. Anything's possible, Bill, in the world of sport. The problem with a couple of the teams in the uh, Premier League is they really don't lose too many times to anybody. And that's where I, it feels like over the last year or two, there's been just such a separation of at least two teams, your team, Liverpool and Man City. Chelsea's been in there as well. But the rest, I'll tell you what, it's a flip of the coin. So you took you took three matches. And if you said to me, they're going to get six out of nine points, I would say, okay, because it was at Man City, one of them. But then they went ahead and won the first one at Man City. And, you know, it's not kind of how you draw it up, but is it ever? the way you draw it up, but they came back and beat a Leeds team that was not playing well. And, uh, and, and it has had some injury issues. And, uh, you know, I, unfortunately I do like their, their manager and what he, what he was able to do for them. It's a, it's too bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Marcello Bielsa was then relieved of his duties after the, the dismantling that Spurs put on, uh, the Leeds United crew, which is tough, but it's, um, it just goes to show. Yeah. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen when teams take the field in that particular league sometimes, even though it feels like you do, upsets can happen. And especially this time of year, Champions League is now getting into the business sense. And you've got FA Cup and you've got the League Cup again, which Liverpool just won. Teams get a little bit, even, even the big clubs get a little bit stretched or have to make decisions of where they really want to put their energy into. Even though City wasn't playing in multiple competitions that particular week, you know they had a little eye ahead on a Champions League fixture coming up. They're like those are the things that can sometimes shape these games that happen in this league and in this sport that we love. It kind of it does throw a little bit of a curveball in now and then. It is really hard for I think an American sports fan to understand all of that if you're really not following it because it takes a little while to just really understand the different. Uh, the different leagues, if you will, and slash tournaments, uh, competitions that all of these teams are in. It's just, it's really fascinating. You're right. And you're, you're balancing. It's always a juggle. It's always a juggle. And, uh, you know, if you're not, if you've been bounced from certain tournaments or, you know, competitions, you go all in on the, on your league. And, and to some degree, uh, you know, that's what sometimes uh, a scheduling loss might be uh, in the offing for somebody because they're literally not trying to play their their top guys every single match uh, because they've got six matches in make it up, right? 18 days. Yeah, I always liken it to, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's essentially if you take a college basketball season and you've got the regular season, the conference tournament, and then the, the March Madness post, and whichever postseason tournament you get into. In college basketball, they happen in a linear fashion. In soccer, you take the conference tournament and plop it at different points during the regular season, and then you do the same for the most important postseason tournament and drop it somewhere into the middle of the regular season. And if that happens in American sports, which, by the way, it is rumored to in the NBA. They've talked a lot about like a midseason tournament or something like that, perhaps brewing to model the European style a little more. You would have these difficult conversations sometimes of we have a conference tournament quarterfinal game on a Wednesday, but I've also got to play our biggest rival in our regular season game coming up on Saturday or on Friday or whatever. How do I balance out who's going to play more minutes or not? And that's you see managers in soccer have to deal with this all the time. Now, in college basketball, you don't have the U23s that you could just draw out from, or you don't have you know, the $60 million transfer fund that you can just go pull from and bring in an extra wing back and call it good. But that's the best way I can think of it as, from a scheduling standpoint, what it would look like from an American perspective. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I was trying to get my head around like how significant an in-season NBA tournament would be like what help me with the value, right? Like I, what, what's the value proposition for a team to want to win it and go all in on something? I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they go about this. Yeah. I wonder, I, it depends on format. 
you know, what, what they decide to do. I would assume that it's a much short, I mean, not seven game series. These are probably either one and dones or maybe best of three when you get to a certain stage or something like that. And I suppose the idea is, you know, you give a fan base something else, some carrot to get excited about, an actual trophy, a prize that you can win during the season. If your team maybe doesn't have a great chance to win the NBA finals, I would guess that that's kind of the idea. How can you keep more people invested yeah. Like you said, it's got to find, you know, the players would have to buy in and care about this. There'd have to be some incentive other than, well, yeah, this is just a weird thing. That I know. Doing. That's the only thing. There's but, no tradition but, but it's there. interesting. I was trying to think like, sure, there can be a financial incentive, but I'm not sure that that captures the imagination of the actual fan watching it because somehow over time, the the concept of winning a trophy and in in soccer where you 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 say league you just won the league which ultimately it 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 encompasses just more than the premier league correct i mean it's all the way down to championship or is it just premier league on the caribou cup it's all four leagues right it's, it's all four leagues it's yeah. championship yep. first league 1 and league 2 Correct. So, so truly, it's like seventy-two teams plus what the, in the premier. So, I think it's like ninety-two teams. So, so you won a, a tournament that that had ninety-two teams as a chance to win it. Now, the other ones have to work their way up a little bit more than the Premier League teams. But the bottom net net is, I'm just wondering, like in the NBA, it's the same whatever thirty thirty-two teams. Could you throw G League in there? I don't know. Is that the idea? I mean, that would be the G League or teams from Spain, which would be like the next best league. Maybe that would that would be interesting. Like that would provide a little something. And I think it's got to provide a little juice. There's got to be a little juice there. It would be fascinating to see that play out. And I would wonder too. Like for example, let's say you're the Nets and you're playing the G League team from Spokane. I don't think Spokane has a G League team, but wherever I pick pick a spot. Do you think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to play in that game against this G League team? Probably not, but that would then provide a chance for an upset. And uh, you, at some point, just like in soccer, you start to invest a little more. Like, well, we're in the quarters. Now we should probably start giving this a shot. That would be the only way to me that I think it could get a little more interest. Because like you said, right now, it's like, well, what's the difference between that and just like a regular season game? between the Pelicans and the Jazz. I mean, what's, what's the point? And, and, and again, if, if, if uh, and to continue down this rabbit hole, if... <laughs> so the B-side's all about. Yeah, it's about a rabbit holes. It is, if you, it may be, because if they're going to continue to do the, I'll call it 7, 10, 8, 9, that gets you into the top eight, maybe the winners automatically get one of those slots if they don't make it at that point. So maybe the, there's really an incentive for make it up today, the Pistons to, to really go all in on this thing, because regardless, I could finish last. I'm going to be the 10th team. If I'm the 10th, I'm out. Yeah. Or it could be like a buy. If you wanted to play it out like that, like, could be like buy in the playoffs or like, those would be the things you're right. Like from a competitive advantage, specifically looking ahead towards the playoffs that's probably where things get a little more interesting, where there's a tangible competitive yep. edge to winning this particular tournament. I was thinking else. draft pick, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Th those are great for the franchise, but yeah, the guys on the team currently are like, well, who? I don't, meh. It helps our team probably, but am I going to be on this team next year? Is this, is this the kid we're going to draft because I won this tournament for you? going to take my spot? There's always that a little bit. I like the idea of a current, yeah, competitive advantage within that particular season. Yep. Yeah, because then then there's there's got to be an incentive in the locker room to want to go play in this thing. Yeah, I think we just solved it. Mail it in. Get get Silver on the phone. Let him know. Yeah, I know well, you two are tight. Next pod, <laughs> next pod, we have to talk NCAA transformation committee because I do have the solution. Mm. So mm. the pod the pod has the solution. Always. So Always. that's the tease for next pod though, because again, yeah. inquiring minds will want to know. They will. We'll look forward to that in the middle of and the when the Ides of March roll around and we do this again, that will be part of the conversation. So what are we doing? So last one, what are we doing with baseball? 
and we're not watching it uh, for a while. We're not going to get to experience it. Um, I was at a, a church youth group fundraiser last night and chatting with some people who had plans this great spring training trip. It was, you know, a husband and wife. Their kids had just are just off at college. And like this would be, we've never gotten to go see the twins down in, in, in Sarasota in Fort Myers. We're going to go. No baseball to go watch as everything is now canceled. It bums me. It doesn't break my heart, but it really bums me out, right? It just doesn't seem like they're anywhere close, Bill, to any kind of resolution. Read a deep article and, you know, it, it, it's really, it's literally inside baseball contractual things that are keeping this thing from moving forward. And I, I don't know. It just um, got to figure it out. Got to play. Got to play. This is a sport that is sort of on life support a little bit among the youth of our country. You know, just losing half a season because of money and going through some of this stuff. And again, it's people always, I think, by the way, anytime this gets brought up in these labor negotiations and money gets brought up, I think people tend to say, gosh, the players are so greedy. They're making so much money. And you really forget the owners have exponentially more money than all of these people will ever see in their life. It's a, and it's, there's a balance there. You yeah. can't forget that part of it. Well, here's the issue is if there's a dollar, it's going to go to one or the other, or you split it, but it's not going to go somewhere else. So then the question, <laughs> and what always gets interesting during these conversations is the appreciation of franchises. And so at the end, it's always about the dollars that are coming in in real time. But simultaneously, and again, God bless, it takes a billionaire to to have these franchises, but it doesn't seem like um, the value has depreciated over the course of time. They've all appreciated. And it's always about time that you have in control with players. It's all about when they start their clock, it's about um, the luxury tax to some degree. It, it's it's all of these things, which in about one second, people just yawn and just want to say, figure it out. Yeah, that's where I'm at at this point. I did see in The Athletic, yeah, um, Jeff Passan had a long, long article. One. And- long one. Yeah, I just I just want them to come to the table. You knew this was going to happen. You knew. You yeah, oh, knew. the writing's been on the wall for oh, a couple of years. Of yeah. course, but you knew this was going to happen when the, the the poster child for all of this was Chris Bryant, when the 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 Cubs manipulated his service time for year one. Like you needed like two hundred and thirty seven days, and he had two thirty six, and so they got him for another year based on that one day because they kept him in triple a and brought him up like may 13th that first year and that was our buddy theo yeah smart in in the micro smart of course it is of course it's from a business sense i don't know from a morale sense it's smart yeah i just yeah because the guys know like you got to know of course especially like someone that's on the threshold of making the leap who has not made a lot of money you know all those things. How many days you've been a part of the big club? What your clock looks like? You're very well aware, or you're at least your agent is making you aware of what the situation is. And that would be difficult when you see a club kind of nickel and dime you like that. That would be hard. It felt like a nickel and dime when you know darn well he is one of the best at that point in time, 25 guys in the organization, and they send him back down to AAA. Let's just say for a few more at-bats, <laughs> yeah that's a little shady it's it's yeah. not great and so i think yeah. you know it was all the way the writing was on the wall then and so yeah if you read a uh, jeff's article it, it it's 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 all about that and you know there there's uh, i guess the, the there's a couple other things that are maybe game related universal dh is a possibility right that's that's out there and then uh how many teams make the playoffs and that has you know uh relative thought process of what ESPN it would be willing to pay, um, you know, the MLB. Well, we just hope as March is now here that this thing can get figured out by April and that this thing, this thing can be salvaged as best as they can. Cause again, I fear for the future of the game. I really do. So, so a reminder, um, two things, 
this is probably it's gone on forever this this labor so it's just another time where we've maybe had labor uh peace for really since 94 and 95 so you know maybe it's just time to to do this but secondarily when it does get solved it's going to be a frenzy because there's a lot of players that have not signed at this point in time. And uh, I, I know some of the top end players signed before this lockout occurred, but there's some top end players, but then it's all that fill your roster type guys, uh, especially like bullpen, bullpen arms and those types of things. Yeah. And those are the guys that win you championships. Usually. I mean, like, you need guys like that. You need to get the right guys in the right spots or else your team's not going to be where it needs to be. If we, if we, I'll, here, I'll leave you with this. If we, Red Sox, um, <laughs> if we do have the universal DH, I would trade JD Martinez and try to sign Schwarber. I mean, I know he, I know Schwarber's going to get a lot of looks once it happens, but I would try to make that happen simultaneously. Yeah, I bet JD would get. There would be offers. I think from National League teams. I think you'd have this great market. It's a pretty good thought, Bill. You know, I, I just think it's it's it, it would be a way to get Schwarber, and and I think he could play left still if you wanted to, but but eventually finds his way into the DH role. There you have it again, solving the Red Sox off season here on this podcast. Just we got a lot of I got a lot of things to solve in the chair that I'm in, but I mean I, I've got to <laughs> think about other things too. I, I mean to be able That's to right. be fresh for the things I've got to do here at UND. Absolutely, that's what it's about. It's not a distraction. It's it's an addition. It is. I go. I. I. And I. And, and uh, truly, Alex. Over the last four or five years or six years since I've watched English Premier Soccer, it's quite interesting how they do things. It, it's been a. It's been a lesson of how they they go about certain things. Not wrong or right. Ju- just interesting. A little different. A little different school of thought. Over you know the. Ago. You know the other thing. I, here's my last last thing. Is um, betting. Uh, betting is far ahead. In Europe, you know, with obviously the ability to put it on your jerseys in stadium type stuff, it, it just feels like the United States has been way behind Europe in that regard. Not saying good or bad, not that I'm prop- a proponent of of wagering, but I just that 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 whole concept is way ahead in Europe. Yes, obviously, yes. I think there's some things here in America where there's sort of a, a morality to it that people are still dealing with like is this okay do we feel like this is a good thing to be doing is it is it morally right to bet on these games where in europe and i'm not you know yeah, in I'm, europe i feel like they've it's just it's just part of the society like this is just part of it you can go to the gas station and and drop a tenner on the you know the leeds game i mean that's that's just part of it over there it, it's 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 cannabis it, it, it's what yeah. the, the the country has kind of gone through with that whole conversation i i, I agree with you like i, I we're not going to get into the you know the the, the moralities the the back and forth but it seems like europe has they're further down the 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 the, the, the train track they are yes it's a little more sophisticated it's in some sense and I've, I've listened to a lot of smart people talk about this there are a lot of nefarious people that work in that industry around the world that take advantage of some of the looseness in Britain, for example, or in in various countries around the continent. And there's a dark side to this and it's not great. And it's, it's things like that, even though over there, it's very much, Hey, it's on the surface. We're talking about it, but there still is this undercurrent of there's, there's not great people, not good stuff going on with that. And uh, I think in America, we've just started to legalize this. And yet there still aren't like a lot of restrictions or rules or what's going on. And I think we have to get a handle on it quickly before it becomes something that is really bad, like strictly not a good thing. For I, us I would agree in the juxtaposition. It, it, and I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll put it out there. I, I'm not a fan from an intercollegiate athletic standpoint at all, at all. But the juxtaposition, I think, is if you shine a light on something that is happening anyways, Maybe it's better that you do that and figure out, I'll call it the regulatory guidelines or bumpers around it versus just happening in, 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 in the alleys, in the dark alleys. Yeah. And I would agree with you. I mean, that's something like this that is obviously spread like wildfire. If you watch any sporting event, how many ads do you see for all these different betting services? Like it's here and it's probably here. It's here to stay. So yes. Let's regulate this and make sure, A, that people don't get in over their heads 
and that we know where this money is coming from and, and where it's going and who's in control of it. There are things I think that we can do better as a government and as all these independent sporting bodies, the NCAA included, to try and make this not become something that could be as damaging as we've seen it in other countries. That's right. You just need to see the 30 for 30 with BC basketball and it's not great. Mm. And, you know, um, I, I'm, I just think you do need to be careful and thoughtful and, and truly probably in life, everything in moderation. And at the end of the day, though, I think there's a difference between professional sports where you are, you're signing a contract and you've got your life's work profession. That's what it is at that point in time versus say a student athlete at this point in time, that's not an employee. Um, and, and I think there's just, there's, there's pieces to this puzzle that we got to be very, very thoughtful about. Yeah. I would agree with that too. Well, Hey, we got Middlesboro this afternoon. We're recording <laughs> this, uh, and, and that's happening. So, uh, you know, big day for Spurs magic of the FA cup bill. Good luck to you. You got a chance to it win a trophy. It is the magic. I feel like it's the magic. <laughs> well, enjoy it. May you have as much success in your cup run as the Reds did in theirs, which I did this last weekend in celebration at Wembley. Bill, great to see you as always. Great to see you in person. Just great. Just fantastic. Excited to do so. Let's do it again this weekend. Hey, why not? Let's do it. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. For Bill Shaves, our producer, Kyle Doporowski. I'm Alex Heiner. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy March and all the fun that this time of year brings to you sports fans out there. Best of luck to North Dakota as they pursue championship season.